That is in two. I mean, what the hell? What? This isn't. It's like lagging. It's probably the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi is not great. Oh, it's because I didn't have a small enough tracker. No, I hit a. I accidentally hit a key. This time coming coming in from the dirty G. Really? <laughs> and Dom was back with me. I came down to visit him in his new apartment since I didn't get to help move him in on Sunday. And just hanging out at the moment. He just finished a Spanish test. He's a square and does homework on a Friday night. And then we're just gonna kinda hang out and probably play some video games. Act like like we would when we were at home, but I'm looking forward to it. Be sure to uh, follow the social medias at CWAPod73, at Jimmy Pilato, Instagram at Proud underscore WAP. Uh, Instagram at DomPilato63, Twitter at DomPilato, uh, TikTok at DomPilato63. Go check out the video that he posted because it's got almost 500 views. And it'd be cool to get to 500 views on one. Yeah, and actually it, it turned out a lot better than I thought it uh, would have. Um, I think the only thing that would have been better is if after I threw it back, I would have kept twerking because you did the and walk away. Yeah. And I tried to Dougie and I know I can't Dougie. So that seemed like, I mean, I know we talked about doing that before, but it seemed a little scripted. So maybe we, maybe we try it again. Who knows? What else is on TikTok is not scripted. I mean, that's fair, but you know, a guy had to come up like he came up with the steps to that dance. Oh, you like men who can dance? You do. You want to see this dance I just made? <laughs> Yeah, um, and then if you listen I'm on Apple Podcasts subscribe rate the show five stars leave a review if you guys start doing that I'll read the reviews on the podcast tweet at either the Center of Attention Twitter page or my Twitter page for what you guys want to listen to because I'm open to doing any kind of content I just got to get some suggestions okay <laughs> you know what huh. shut up I might be a guest in your home. You're a guest on my podcast for the fourth time or whatever. Fifth time. No. Fifth time. Maybe. I don't know. You're like the Brent Morin of the Center Attention podcast. Yeah. No, I'm new. You might as well just be a co-host, but now you don't live close enough to always be a co-host. Like Kyle. I guess you and Kyle are probably the two most. I want to get through some of this other playlist. I also want to talk about, so you and Dad don't like Foreigner as much as I do. Yeah, no. Uh, Wait, first off, what album is this song from? Slippery When Wet. I don't know what the album is. You want Antilisa to show up? <laughs> she, she's close enough that she'd be able to drive, too. Mm. Motley Crue. Uh-huh. You Mick Mars looks like he's 40 years older than all of them. He, I mean, he was twice their age. Yeah. Didn't, didn't change the fact that he could play the guitar like a god. But 
still can, too. I mean, you can't stand anymore, but... <laughs> Put your knife away, big guy. <laughs> you don't have that kind of problem. That's the Canadian Bruce Springsteen. Where do you stand on Bruce Springsteen? Because people either love him or hate him. He's either the boss or just some preachy dude. He's like the American version of Bono. No, I I like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Do you think he's as good as people say he is, or do you think he's a little bit much? I mean, I don't enjoy every song that he puts out, but I feel like you can say that about every artist. I mean, I would tell you right now, my favorite artist, I mean, because I've been listening to him nonstop on Spotify, is Love and Theft, but I don't listen to every single Love and Theft song. You know what I mean? What I mean is, like, the play, the concerts that he played at, he would always have some sort of preachy thing that he would say before he played. A lot of the times, it's... <laughs> It's that old Robin Williams bit where he's on stage and he's like, I was at a U2 concert. Bono's on stage clapping his hands. He's got a million people clapping his hands with him in Ireland. He goes, every time I clap my hands, a baby in Africa dies. Some Irish dude in the back of the crowd is like, well, stop clapping your fucking hands then. So a lot of people think that he's a little bit preachy like Bono. I didn't know that that's how he opened up every single concert. I've, I've only ever listened to recording. He's got stuff on, he's got like a documentary you know that Garth Brooks uh, live show that we used to watch yeah. he was in Mirage it's kind of like that but it's on Netflix I tried to wa- tried to watch it and then I was born to run right out of there <laughs> you're better than that Jimmy. you're better well, than that I'm just saying you know it was the glory days <laughs> uh, one more and I'm gonna kick you out born to run glory days you know what? I might be safe because I don't think I can think of another one right now. Okay. That's two strikes. We used to, Kyle and I came up with a game. It was kind of funny. So we came up with a game where we would just talk in either song lyrics or song titles the entire conversation. And one of the other RAs on campus walked up to us. It's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And we were like, ah, we're just, we're, we're having a little fun, making a little love, getting down tonight. Like trying to explain, like we talk, and it's only in music titles or music lyrics. Isn't that what? Uh, but but we went, we go, we're playing a game, and she goes, oh, is it the game where you like do this? And it was it like, would you rather sleep with your mom and have to kill your da- like have sleep with your mom, or have your dad have to sleep with you? And I was like, uh, no, but the game's over now. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Walked in immediately done. It's, uh, I don't know if I don't know if I consider that a win. I don't I don't think that's a win. I think she won I think just so that we had to stop. I, like, I think you really need help. You probably should talk to somebody about that. But yeah, that was do a little dance, make a little love. Just get down tonight. Let's get down tonight. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun for like fifteen minutes, and then it got too difficult because we used all of them. Yeah, I've been there. That's what happens with that uh, uh, blockbuster game. Oh yeah, where you have to—it's a game where you have to name movies based off of categories, or you know, at random, or how whatever version. It's you like play. a mixture of charades and categories, but it's only in movies. Right, but then so like you know, you play it for 15, 20 minutes, and then eventually, um, you just keep naming the same. Oh yeah. Yeah, like Austin Powers is always one that we go back to. Freaking airplane. Um, stuff like that, but every time 
we play it, everybody the just cycles through the same ones. The rules aren't rigid enough where you can't do, just not do that. Oh, no, they are. I just don't follow all of them. Oh. Yeah, I'm the one who made it that way. You should fix your hat. I know that we don't have a camera, but you got like a little poof. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, there's no camera, but if I'm trying to... I might be trying to make a TikTok, and, you know, I can't have you looking like that in a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Half of the views are sex appeal. <laughs> well, then you should be getting twice as many views. No, you're in it. That's why. <laughs> 285 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Uh, you might be overestimating that a little bit. Buddy. 270? Yeah, that's better. Just in case Dad listens to one. Yeah, Dad, just in case you're listening, 270. Dad, just in case you're listening, 345 pounds. I don't know what's happening. I ran a 4640. <laughs> I'm all of a sudden 6'6". Six six. Yeah. I grew 8 inches since I moved down here, and I ate a whole cow. <laughs> Randy, put the car down. <laughs> if your six-year-old is 500 pounds, you just got to tell him not to eat it anymore. <laughs> Uh, he's got so many good jokes but they're so bad you're about to leave the abusive partner that you're with and your person in your head goes wait a minute if you leave right now maybe that's the best you can do and I know every time you fight she cuts you but hey at least you got good health (laughs) care and I was just sitting there listening to it like oh it's too real at the moment it's too real. I didn't get cut every time I fought, but on the inside. On the inside, in here. Your heart's here. I've been taught that. It was a total eclipse of the heart. Turn around, Brad Eyes. I want you to play the game with me. That's what I was getting at. I understand you want me to play the game with you. Welcome to the jungle, bitch. Whoa. That's two. Ah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was good. That was pretty good. Oh, sweet child of mine. Now you're getting the hang yeah, of it. Yeah, see? It's looking like it's going to November rain out there. <laughs> God, I hate you. You know, you know they have a nickname for Greeley. They call it Paradise City. Mm, no, uh, trying too hard on that yeah. one. Okay. I no, thought it was the G-string of Colorado. It's always a little bit to the east. It also smells like a G-string. Wow. Yeah, I did that too quickly, huh? That was just right off the top of my head. (laughs) You live in the G-string in Colorado. West side. (laughs) You're on the east side, so you don't get to say that. East side. (laughs) Hopefully none of your neighbors walk by. (laughs) Tell you what, no, like I told you before, the, the neighbors that are across the street, there's a couple, I think there's like two or three different families that live in that house, but they were having a nice quinceanera on Sunday when I moved in. And they went all the way until about two or three o'clock in the morning. Hold on. Was this the soundtrack? Give me a second. And I hope that I got Solina. That was pretty bad. Was this, the, was this it? They did play that when they were setting up. 
Put it to waste that money. And then they went into mariachi music, and I was like, eee, I, I like the beat, but I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Ooh, I know what song, what other song they played. They did not play that. They didn't play slowly? No, they didn't. You should learn flamenco. If you're gonna learn guitar, you should learn flamenco guitar. No, I can't even freaking finger pick. Well. I mean, that's. I feel like that's the first step in flamenco. Yeah, you kinda gotta grow your nails weird too. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I can't, I can't. I can't do that. That echo is gonna sound so beautiful when I put this one out. Yeah, there is kind of a nice echo. The wood floors in the apartment are making a pretty nice echo. Yeah, whoever's listening just got really thirsty there. <laughs> My mouth just tastes so bad. <laughs> you want to start fighting like a man? You're gonna to have to start drinking like one. <laughs> uh, so you haven't started watching Letter Kenny? No. Well, so I'll be honest with you. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> I pretty much come home and I nap. And I eat. And then you fall asleep because you're a baby? Well, kind of. Well, no, I eat first because I should probably eat right after my workout. And then I... Fall, and then I Again, you're trying... You're just, Dad, if you're listening, he eats constantly. No, I do. It's not even a joke. He's going to eat you out of house and home. Yeah, well, like he said, I'm going to be putting out way too much energy. I have to eat. But I finally figured out how dad puts turkey into his eggs and makes it taste so good. Because at school, what they do is they like, they don't, well, they scramble the eggs and then before they put it onto the stove to actually cook them, they put the turkey in so it's like mixed in, which is okay. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but I just put it down on top and sear it a little bit. Hmm. I got those potato skins. You hungry, big guy? I mean, they're going to be pretty good here coming up, but no. But also, they're sitting on the table and not in the fridge or the freezer, so. You don't have to go now. I'm just saying they're going to be melty by the time we get to them. That's kind of... Well, not that, not the good kind of melty. You act like you didn't work at a grocery store for the last two months. I did, but all I did was deliver groceries. Oh, you want to know what the difference between a Tuscan melon and a cantaloupe is? Huh? You want to know the dis difference between a Tuscan melon and a cantaloupe? All I know is they're round and weirdly colored. The Tuscan melon has like lines in it, like a basketball. And uh, the cantaloupe is just heavy. Yeah, I know. It went over my head too. The lady, a woman asked me that yesterday. It's like, what's the difference between a Tuscan melon and a cantaloupe? Because the Tuscan melons were $1.99 with your card, and the cantaloupes were like $1.79 a pound. And I just go, I don't, I don't know. It was almost like when somebody just danced on your grave. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good flinch. Uh, but I was like, some woman asked me to go and pick out a good watermelon for her. And I go out there and I'm knocking on him, but it was more like, hello? Yeah, because I, I had no clue what I was looking for, so I was just like, see, um, the scary thing, the scary thing would be if no, somebody is, says hello back. This is what I did. Who is it? 
<laughs> this is how you answer the door in my neighborhood. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to tell that joke on the podcast. There's a bear and a rabbit taking no, shit in the woods. No. This is, I can say whatever I want on this one. <laughs> the bear turns to the rabbit and goes, Hey, you have problems with shit sticking in your fur? Rabbit turns to him and goes, No. The bear took the rabbit, wiped his ass with him. <laughs> Eddie Murphy was under, well, I guess he's not underrated, but a lot of people are. No, he's not dead. The way you started talking about him. I was him. saying he was underrated, but that's only because I'm friends with a lot of people our age and they don't know Eddie Murphy for anything other than his movies. Donkey. Yeah. <laughs> that's a boat. I like that boat. That's a nice boat. Or, I'll make waffles. I can't do that. Would you not be yourself for five minutes? <laughs> uh, I can't even tell you how true that was when we were younger. I used to hate road trips when we were younger. Why? All of you guys. Huh? Well, thanks. It's, it was, I loved all of you, but jeez. Especially now, like, we didn't know it was man-spreading, but... My God, you're in my area. You don't need that much area. <laughs> I'm I sorry, was, Roxy, but you don't. You're, you're at that point, five foot I was, four. At that point, I was the five, or the almost six foot ten-year-old with a mustache and armpit hair. Yeah, and I was slowly, <laughs> I, was, I was behind you there a little bit. I was like six, whatever. But I was just oh, that was my chubby years too. It was. It was oh, also the years God. that we didn't realize you were blind. How did you walk around? I'm so for the people you. who so for the people who don't know, Dom is nearly legally blind. You have an astigmatism in both eyes? No. So I my prescription is twenty twelve hundred, which means that things that are twenty feet away um, look like they're twelve hundred feet away if I don't have glasses or contacts on. And I have an astigmatism in my right eye. And um, it is your right one because when I look at your glasses, your right lens is like a Coke bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so from the time that I was probably born. Six, no, well, no, I wasn't that blind when I was born. Probably from the time that I was six until fifth grade, so 10, nobody had any idea. Because I played football, but I played offensive line, so I didn't have to see that far. I wasn't catching the ball or anything like that. Which, now that I think about it, when we put in that tackle-eligible play, and I couldn't catch the ball because I couldn't see where it was at. But you I didn't tell anybody it. that you were no, going No, I probably blind. should have said something, but I, it was so bad. Like, it bounced off my helmet, and I was like this. And everybody was like, oh, no, I guess I just missed it. Like, no, you were, you were legit stone hands and necessary roughness. Yes. <laughs> but, so... Uh, from that, from when I was six until when they found out that I was ten, I literally had every single hallway that I had to walk down memorized. You were like, you borderline needed a cane and a seeing eye dog. Yeah, no, and it's still that bad if I don't put my contacts in or if I don't use my glasses. Yeah, it's funny to watch you take your contacts out because you take out the one and then you have to hold up the case in front of your other eye and you have to close your one eye that you just took the contact out of and you're like... Yeah. See, like, I... If I ended up running out, if my right contact ripped too many times or anything like that, I could put my other one in that eye. How are you ripping contacts? Why are you pulling them apart? I don't know, honestly. But I, I ripped two of them, and then a few of them I just lost. 
So, but I've made it the six months because I got them in January and now it's June. But I could, if I lost too many of one side, I could put the other side in just fine because I have the same prescription in both eyes. Yeah, and I can I also that, pull it out and just put it in. Yeah, I have to put... I that to, sounds bad. Okay, whatever. But I have to put my... The one that I have uh, for my astigmatism into the blue side and the, one, the other one into the white side. Yeah, so no, it doesn't make thing. any sense because the red or the right does not have an L in it. No, it's just a different color. It's the way it's the way my brain works. Remember, I have the, I'm you the one and, who has a little bit of OCD. You and Dad did kind of... What are you up to? Recording a podcast. Hopefully he listens to this one. That is not. Just free form today? Yeah, well, this is always the free form one. I don't know, but you normally have topics. I didn't know if you had topics or anything like that. I mean, not really. The topics that I could pick are not the most pleasant, and I feel like I've been droning on mm-hmm. about them for the oh. last few podcasts. Oh. So, okay. I don't really, and I know you don't necessarily yeah, like to talk about that kind of stuff, and I don't know, because I feel, I don't know. Grandma texted me yesterday and asked me why, so she had me explain why in football when somebody gets hurt, do you take a knee, and I explained it to her. Out of respect. Yeah, but then she asked me, well, why is it... Um, why is it not okay then for somebody to take a knee for police brutality out of respect? And the on the best way that I could explain it to her now is that when it first happened, Kaepernick never really explained why he was doing it. He didn't explain it very well. And then when he did get asked, the way that he since he didn't explain it very well, it was kind of like he pulled it out of his ass. To where he was like, well, I actually just, I'm doing it as like a sign of respect and I, I don't feel like standing for a country who's going to, uh, who oppresses me because of the color of my skin. Yeah. You, okay. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't really like to talk about the, that's uh, those subjects or anything like that. But the, um, the one thing that I will talk about is I, okay, I guess it was supposed to be a respect thing. It was supposed to be like trying to mend fences or something like that when uh, George Floyd's family received a flag in honor of his death, which is something that you normally see when a police officer, a firefighter, a member of the armed forces ends up passing away, whether that be in battle, whether that be for some other reason. It's anybody who dies in the line of duty. So it's mainly reserved for firefighters, police officers, and military veterans. Right. So... The, that's the one thing that I'll talk about is that because although I understand that it's a terrible situation and I completely agree the police officers were in the wrong, all that different stuff. But in my opinion, that shouldn't have been something that ended up happening just because – and this, this might sound terrible, but I have a bunch of friends who are a part of the armed forces – I've been in, a, in a, at a military installation. I know what they put themselves through. Institution? Installation, institution, it's the same. Oh. Um, 
they they always said installation. Um, but I've been on that side, and I understand now why they're honored with the flag when they die. And I, and I like I said, I have friends who are still in the military. I have friends who are right now fighting overseas or you know scouting, you know doing whatever they're doing. So in my opinion, that almost seems like they're trying to devalue that that practice by giving it to him. Now, like I said, I do I do agree that because of what happened, it's terrible. It was completely wrong, all that different stuff. And but, it doesn't matter that he, like, I agree with you that it's devaluing something and you're giving a folded flag, which is normally reserved for somebody who is considered a hero or somebody who is at least trying to become a, or trying to be a hero for somebody else in that situation, and they died. But George Floyd was a felon. It wasn't like he was an angel. And that doesn't matter. He shouldn't have been killed the way that he was. But there is a distinction. There has to be a distinction between somebody who lost his life in the line of duty, whatever that duty is, and somebody who was, maybe he was trying to get his life back together. Maybe, you know, whatever else was happening. I'm not saying that I don't, like I said, that anybody who gets murdered in that way is very, very bad. Anybody who is a police officer wears a badge and decides that it's okay to do something like that. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all the there's countless examples that you can look at for people who have been killed by police brutality. And, you know, the, the I Can't Breathe thing isn't from George Floyd. I Can't Breathe is from a guy who was killed in 2014 because they kept him in a chokehold too long. So I get that. That should never have to be... Have you ever once been afraid... When you saw a police officer. No, because I knew there was nothing that I had to worry about. That is the reason why these protests are happening. It's not necessarily because of what happened to George Floyd, even though that was an atrocity. And I would like to have 15 minutes alone with that police officer. I'm sure a lot of people would like to have 15 minutes alone with that police officer. But it is a buildup. It's Juneteenth. We're recording this on Juneteenth. You know what that is? It's the... Day that we celebrate equality or something. It's like the day. It? It's celebrated because it's the first day that every slave in America knew that emancipation has happened. I didn't learn that until this year, because it's not something we necessarily went over in school or in U.S. history. Because they like when they talk about slavery, they like to acknowledge that it happened, but they like to say, "Oh, Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address, and then they had the Emancipation Proclamation, and it was over." Well, that's not true. I still, I mean, I, I know that it's a tough movie and the scenes that I've shown you are tough to watch, but I think that you should watch Do the Right Thing. And I recommended it to everybody last, either last week or the week before, just because it's eclectic and it's weird and it may, might not seem like everything is related to what's going on in the movie, but it has a lot of good messages. There's a scene where it's a montage, so like the black character in the movie there's an Italian pizzeria in this black neighborhood. And the black guy says all of the slang and racist stuff that he could say to an Italian. And then after he's done, the Italian says all the racist shit that he could say to a black guy. And then it goes to a Puerto Rican who's calling the Koreans in the town slant eyes. And then it goes to the Korean, I think, talking shit about white people. 
and then it's just a whole cycle and it's trying to show you like hey because everybody says well racism is based on the color of your skin and it's not because in Africa you you realize that it's kind of based on the color of your skin but keep going but you realize that the original people who were sold into slavery were sold by Africans because no European country could go into Africa at that point and take the slaves that they wanted mm-hmm it was it was not by force. It was those people were already rounded up and they were sold by an African king. Right. So that's where this whole thing comes into. It, it is based on it's normally based on appearances because that's the easiest way to exclude people. But there's tribes in Africa who look exactly the same and hate each other and treat each other the exact same way that you would see one person be treating another person in America in the eighteen hundreds. I'm not going to say that it's necessarily as bad now. Some people are like that now. but So it's, it's a weird thing, and there's a lot of history that nobody gets taught. So you have to do your own research. You have to look it up on your own. And then you have to be able to form your own opinion. And when you form your own opinion, you should be able to defend it, I think. As difficult as it may be. So I have tons of friends that are black. I know that you do too. But you don't necessarily see them as that because we grew up with on football teams. Yeah, no, everybody. And baseball teams. Everybody's different. Everybody's treated. Everybody looked different, but everybody's treated the same way. Well, in our generation too, we're because technically we are part of the same generation. We we were all taught that everybody is supposed to be treated like you would treat a member of your family. You know, um, so I feel like. Although, obviously, it's not dead. And like I said, I think the last time that I was on, it's going to take some time. And I know we've been saying that forever. But eventually, you would think that through a couple different generations... I think this this is interesting because everybody is on board with the protests going on. I'm going to differentiate the protests and the riots because I think that they're different. They are. <clears throat> But you see a lot of people in with the... It's a bad thing to say, but they're down with the cause. They're down there. They understand. Like, all the white people that are down at those protests, other than the ones that are trying to bring themselves up as, like, heroes and trying to take away from the movement, they are all down there. Like, Drew Locke going to the protests in Denver. I don't think that he wanted somebody to take a picture of him there. I think that he was there because he has been around people all of his life of that color. He's seen how a lot of his friends have been treated. And he knows that it has to change. And it's, it's, taken, it's taken 150 years. Because emancipation technically was in the 1860s. 100 years later, we had desegregation. And now another 50 years later, 50 or so years later... We're starting to see people actually stop. And no, you're right. Because it's 2020. Well, this was 1968. Yeah, so it's like 50, 52 years. 40 would have been 08. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm the, I'm the math guy, remember? I know, and you had to check me, but I was actually on, on point on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I don't really want to go into it, but I feel like what we said is how we feel. I don't 
I don't think that we're going to offend anybody. It's our own opinions. No, and everything that I've said on this topic for the however many episodes that I've, I'm not going to say had to, but however many episodes it's been relevant to talk about, I say that this is a white kid who has been growing up in normally white situations, mm-hmm. and I understand that I never had to learn, like, <clears throat> when you're African American, if your parents are good parents, they normally teach you that when you, you have to be extra polite and extra respectful when you get stopped. They shouldn't have to teach you that. But that, but that is, is the way that, that everything works. That is how you kind of keep yourself safe at that point. Yes. Which is terrible to say, but... And I, yeah, it's probably not everyone. It's probably not all the time, but it should. You have to watch All-American, but All-American does a great job of showing that. To where? A little bit of it, yeah. Huh? I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, well, but it was like season two or season three already. Spencer and the quarterback from Beverly Hills get pulled over. And since the quarterback was growing up in Beverly Hills and he's half black and half white, he didn't realize that, oh, if I mouth off to this cop or say, why the hell did you stop me? I'm going to be put on the ground in handcuffs. No matter if it was a bullshit stop or not. True. So that's kind of where everything is coming from. Dave Chappelle does a great job of explaining it. I've been talking to Rev a lot. Uh, Rev and Jordan. Jordan was also on the radio show down in Gunnison. But it was an interesting dynamic because on that radio show, it was Jordan, who is African-American from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely experienced... Minnesota and then moved to Boulder. So he's experienced some discrimination. Rev is a first-generation American, but he's African-American. And then Dom Fletcher, who's from the Dirty D in Detroit. The Dirty D. <laughs> so, and then it was me. And I was the host, so I got to decide where we went. And it was interesting some days. Yeah, because we don't even see the, the game that we all played together, we don't see in the same way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Anyway, let's, let's move on from that. How are you liking summer workouts? Eddie uh, Mack pushing you guys? Well, Eddie Mack hasn't been able to be at the offices. Has he been at the workouts? Or is it just a strength coach? Right now, it's just the strength staff and the, in the training staff. Um, so, like I told you on Mondays, we, on Monday we started out with ten hundreds, hundred yard uh, sprints, which tough. Don't get me wrong, um, but really the only thing that I was that was sore after that were my calves. That was about it. It's weird how much you rely on your calves when you do long distance yeah, endurance. I I because I did that to myself trying to get ready for winter conditioning uh-huh. and I was just riding the Aerodyne bike and I did it for like five miles one day and then I was like ah uh-huh. well so we did we did that on Monday Tuesday was an agility day so we more worked on changing direction lifting? yeah so um, we kind of do a little bit of everything every time we lift just to kind of round everything out but um, Tuesday was change of direction on the field and then we did um, a bunch of different stuff lifting. I'm pretty sure Tuesday was bench day. Um, so I got back into like, you know, the actual weights that I should be using for bench and all that different stuff. Wednesday's off. Um, Thursday, so yesterday, was hills. Ten hills. Um, At least it hadn't rained before then. True. But then, funny enough, one of the D linemen in the group decided not to finish all the way through the tree. 
So we, we had to do two are going extra. to do up downs until Blue is no longer tired uh-huh. and thirsty. We call him Maui. It's Tava. I don't even. I can't even pronounce his real name, but it's Tava. You do lineman. <laughs> oh, but, that makes sense. Yeah, but so. Hola, he, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, uh, Does he, he have long hair? Yes. Oh, that's why you guys call him out. Yeah. But so. Uh, You're welcome. He, yeah, exactly. No, he's saying that today, too. I was so happy. Uh, so, yeah, he decided not to finish, so we had to do two extras. Um, which, honestly, you know, the, the, it gets easier throughout the week. Um, and then today was a 600 yard shuttle and um, a little bit of backwards running to try to get the lactic acid out of our legs, stretch out a little bit. And um, in the weight room, which I had never done these before, but I love them, zombie squats. They don't hurt your shoulder? No, no. I thought they would. But uh, they're just front squats without having your hands on the bar. Um, so it's a little, you got to really stabilize. But I got complimented because I was going ass to grass every rep. So, oh, so you got another Doherty? Yeah, but at least this one is not... He's taking you to dinner before he pats you on the ass? What? Um, it's not a he. Oh, so she's not touching you. No, she's not touching me, and I love Cheyenne. Cheyenne's one of the coolest uh, coaches that I've ever had. I didn't know you had a female strength coach. Yeah, she, uh, I can't, I don't know if she's still in grad school or she was in grad school last year, but she was on the staff uh, last year, too. Um, okay. So, she she's had a grad she's, assistant? Yeah, she normally works with, well, she works with us a little bit just to help out in the weight room, like, monitor but she normally works with, I think, softball, because she played softball, and uh, soccer, I think. Hmm. Pretty sure. Um, but yeah, the guy who runs the running outside is Butler, the head strength coach. And he used to be an offensive lineman, but then he trimmed out, and he's like, he's, he's scary um, in shape. So Yeah, well, I mean... A lot of the linemen are only the way that they look because they're forcing themselves to. Yeah, but even when he played, I mean, he played tackle, which makes sense because he's pretty tall, he's pretty long. But even How heavy he, did he play? I think, he was, I think the heaviest he said he ever got to was like 290, maybe. That's pretty big. For Yeah, I, I understand that, but I figure... If he's tall, it makes it's different. Right. But, I mean, that's why Joe Thomas looks the way that he does because he's 6'6". Yeah. No, so, this guy's got to be at least. It's difficult for, and especially for like guys like me, where I have the tiger stripes on my belly from where I was trying to gain weight. Yeah, I, got I don't those. think those are gonna go away. Oh wait, no, I don't have those. On my, I have those up here. I don't know why I have those up here. Because you grew that way. You grew yeah. like a Y. Yeah, I did. I got the Dorito look. Yeah, you were the Y in the YMCA. You're gonna like the way you look. I guarantee it. Men's <laughs> warehouse. Everybody who listened to Bronco games on the radio just had a, a little smile. You're gonna like the way. Ooh, one half mile east of I-25 on Arapaho Road. Or in Westminster off Highway 36 on 104th. Open weekdays till late, Saturday and Sunday till five. Online at shaneco.com. We should not have that memorized. That was every other commercial on. I know. I know. It still is every other commercial on. Oh, KLA. I had a co- phone conversation with Dmac. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was it all about? It was actually well. It was mainly because he asked the same thing. And I said, "Well, I'm trying to network. I'm trying to gain a little bit more knowledge of the field that I'm going into, which is trying to be sports broadcasting." If you don't live in Colorado, Dmac is the he's the drive time sports talk radio guy, mm-hmm. and he's had that show for ten years plus. 
that yeah. he used to do with Big Al. I remember falling asleep to that show on my way to practice in fourth grade because I had to. Uh, Mom drove me down to Dad's office in downtown, and then Dad drove me to practice. Yeah, but now he's doing it with Tyler Columbus, so he's very well versed in the sports talk radio scene. And I was just trying to get some insights as to what I should be doing, who I could be talking to. If I asked if they had any internships, which you know they don't, because uh, well, some station. And he didn't know where, but some station across the country got sued by their interns for not being paid while they were interns, even though it was an unpaid internship. Yeah, fucked it up for everybody. So now well, nobody. If it's an unpaid do... internship, you, what are you expecting? A check at the end of the month? No, it's they, unpaid. They, they just screwed it for everybody. Yeah. So now no, none of the stations want to do internships, paid or unpaid, anyways. So. Uh, well, that kind of screws up your field in general because you kind of need an internship in order to get your foot in the door. They have it, it's similar. So the notes that I took, he was uh, he compared me to Zach By, who does the show with Brandon Stokely, okay. the twelve to three show. And Zach played basketball for a D two school. I told D Mac it was kind of funny. So I got on the phone with him. I go, Hey Jimmy, how you doing? It's D Mac. I was like. Oh, cool, because I was going to call him Mr. McKee, which would have been really interesting, because <laughs> he probably would have been like, oh, who the fuck is Mr. McKee? But then he goes, oh, yeah, no, I was just on the, I'm sorry, because I called him and he didn't answer, so I call him again, or he calls me back and goes, sorry, I didn't answer. I was on the phone with my producer trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today, because shit, I mean, we're at the point, and I go, yeah, no, I'm, prob- I'm pretty sure it's probably been difficult for you, because, you know, the Broncos are the only thing that you can talk about, and he goes, well, actually... And he explained that throughout the sports calendar, there's lulls, but this would be the biggest lull because NBA would have been done, hockey would have been done, baseball would have been in June, so it doesn't really matter. And the Broncos would have just finished minicamp. So you're basically waiting until training camp starts back up. Right. But then he goes, um, I would compare you to like a Zach By because you played sports at a high level. And then I told him, I was like, yeah, I played offensive line at Western. Offensive line? Really? How tall are you? Like 5'11", 6 foot. Oh, fuck, dude. It's like, where are you? Like, how, how heavy were you? I was like 270, 290, probably at my heaviest. He goes, that's too heavy for 5'11", man. I hear 5'11 in football, and I go, middle linebacker. Fullback. Yeah, middle <laughs> linebacker, fullback. And I go, yeah. Blocking tight end. Maybe. I should have had an advocate to change position, but no, they kept me at offensive line. But he's like, oh, so you were like a try-hard captain kind of guy to where... I go, yeah. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's how, like, it's crazy because he, he played competitive high school sports, but he didn't play in college. But he's been following sports for so long and has seen so many guys that he could put guys in stereotypes. And I was like, yeah, I was kind of like the guy who would work his ass off every single day. And I would be the example that the coaches could give. It's like, hey, why aren't you doing this? This kid doesn't have half, like, if they go to the 6'5 tackle, this kid isn't a half of what you got. So you should probably work as hard as he does. But then we we kept talking about different things. And so since he was comparing me to Zach, he goes, you've played sports at a high level, but you in the business, so you know how, like, all the shows, Schlereth and Evans, where you have a guy who played professionally and a guy who's a radio guy. Yeah. Stokely and Zach, guy who played professionally, guy who's a radio guy. So I, I know sports and I know high-level sports, but since I didn't play in the pros, I'd still be, they call it the driver. And I said, yeah, it's kind of, it's funny that he mentioned that because I've compared myself to Zach By before because I knew that he played college basketball and I knew I, I liked the show and I like what he's been able to do. 
Um, he said, what I'm doing with him, oh, I told him that you were here playing football. His son is coming up here to play baseball, which will be right down the street from you. Yeah, I could watch it, well, not from my, my window, but I could watch it from somebody else's porch. Yeah, and then, uh, so he said, just keep calling and networking with people, cold call as many people as you can, or like text people as you can, and see who you'll get to respond, which is what I did for your guys, sports guy, mm-hmm. at 1310. And at some point during the season, I'm going to come down and I'm going to have coffee with them, which I'm a Starbucks fan today, by the way. Figured that out. Had Probably it. shouldn't order a tea if you're going to sit down with those guys. It's the peach tea lemonade, so... Can I have an iced mocha with extra espresso? That's probably not even right. I don't Hi, know can I help you, gentlemen? <laughs> I need a black 42 home and nothing touches his body with pure silk. Give my partner something from the kids department. Okay, and would your partner like to be wrapped in silk as well? Some people find it tacky, but I personally love it when couples dress alike. Oh, no, man. We're not, we're not together. We're just police officers. We're working on a very difficult case here. There's many dangerous men after us. As well, they should be. But yeah, so that's what I did with him. So that was good. Because uh, I kind of have a fear of being a nuisance. Or like somebody who just continues. Like this kid won't stop calling me. I don't know what to do. And then he asked me where I was living. I told him I was living at home and working. He said, that's good. Try and keep his mature environment as home. Like you were living on your own, so do whatever. If you see something, do it. You don't have to be asked to do something because that will help you not get into the complacency of liking being at home. Um, the craziest thing was is that he's a normal guy. Because you know how none, like mom and dad don't like DMAC when he's on the radio. They don't necessarily care for his opinion. They think he's kind of a blowhard. And the only thing that I can see that is carrying over from him as a person to him as a radio personality is him. He interrupts you a lot. <laughs> when I try to say something, it's he's saying something, and it's like a it's a Prius sitting on the train tracks. I'm like, I just went. <laughs> well, you know what else you should do? Oh, okay. I'm just yeah. No, that's I'm just cool. here. No, it's cool. I'm, I'm I'm just here. I thought I was on the air for a second. <laughs> oh, here we go. But he gave me a couple numbers, and he told me to try and start off as like a board op, so I'd be the guy hitting the buttons to actually send the feed, so like the live commercial, kind of like what I'm doing now with the podcast, and then um, find as many sports stations as I can and try and find, so he gave me the associate program director at the fans number, and I'd need to find the associate program director's number at every single sports talk radio station in town, try and reach out to him, see what's going on there. Um... He told me, get, go until you get a no, like a definitive, they say no, we don't have anything for you because sometimes people don't get to your shit because you're not that high of a priority. Mm-hmm. And when you get a no, reach out again and say like, hey, can, I understand that you don't have anything now. Can I reach out again in six months? Something like that and see if you have anything. And then he gave me another guy's um, contact. Apparently DNVR is like a sports radio station, but it's only through the internet. Okay. So he said that they would kind of let me do anything that I wanted and kind of specialize in that and then put it out over their airwaves. Okay. So my idea... WWE? No. <laughs> no, because I don't have the money to buy tickets and then travel to all of them. Who says you need tickets? The company. Who? Vince needs to pay for his grandkids. That's why you pay for WWE Network. Nine ninety nine. That's so he can cover the salaries of his guys. Yeah, but, did you see that they had to stop production, by the way? 
Well, yeah, no shit. They had a they had a positive case. Yeah, too. they had a but, couple positive cases. Uh, what I had thought of was be like the Armac guy, pick an Armac game of the week, quote unquote. Take the if depending on how much they pay me because it's going to be expensive to do this, but drive to one half of the game of the week, watch a practice, drive to, talk to the coaches, players, drive to the other half of the game of the week, watch the practice, players, watch the game, take notes, and then do a wrap up. Do like a pregame lead into it. Do like a wrap up out of it, and put it out through that. Depending on how much they pay me, it could be something. And then that's just more because I talk. I did message Zach by too, and he said all you have to do is continue to put out as much content as possible, whether it's for money, whether it's for free. Which ha ha ha. I'm at 39 episodes of my podcast. I'll get paid at some point once I get to a thousand plays. But it's about 250 plays away at this point. How many plays am I at? You're trying to get to a thousand? Mm-hmm. 750? Okay, 150 plays. 850? 853. But, so it was just kind of, it's cool because I got to talk to somebody who I do respect whether or not I agree with him half the time or not is another story. But I do respect that he's been able to do it as long as he has. Um, and then I also got told that I was doing the right things and I have the right, because one of the things he asked was, um, how far I live away from work because he's working with somebody excuse me, who goes to Boulder but doesn't live on campus, lives 40 minutes away from campus, has a job at Nordstrom. So he's like, when the fuck are you going to be able to do any of this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm telling you all of this that you need to be doing because he gave me homework too, which is find the associate program directors, try and build connections. It's like, when are you going to be able to do any of this? And I said, no, my situation is like, my parents are... I'm trying to build up some money, save living at home, and be... He's like, how comfortable, how comfortable are you living at home? And I've said this to mom and dad. I'm grateful that I have this spot, that I can find a way to save some money so that I can pay what I need to pay in the future. But I don't want to be a person who just likes living at home. I'm not a stay-at-home son. Yet. If you don't go back on your medication, I'm cutting you off. You're bluffing. When's dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I can't take this anymore. I can't deal with it. Well, you might have to. (laughs) Everybody says that Hangover got progressively worse as it went. I don't think it got progressively worse. It just got different every time. I don't know. Number two is pretty bad. You know how weird, like listening to the lyrics of this song, you know how bad, like the way, the where they put it in the movie when Alan's dad is having a heart attack, uh-huh. said he couldn't go on anymore. I don't care what you say anymore, it's my life. Tell you what though, the Glee version of this, who sings it? Which Blaine and, uh, oh, anything with Blaine um, is a, anything with Blaine Sam. is a hit. Blaine and Sam. Yeah. Blam. That's oh, yeah, because Blaine was into Sam while he was single. No, this is when they were going... This is when uh, Blaine was going to see Kurt and Rachel. God dang it, I shouldn't know this. I shouldn't know this as well as I did. Uh-huh. But uh, Blaine was going to see... Blaine and Sam were going to New York to see Blaine... Or uh, Kurt, Rachel, um, Santana, and uh, I think Mercedes was moving to New York. Um, 
but they were going. Sam was trying to go to see if he could get a modeling job, and Blaine had an audition for um, Niata. And what is Niata? For those of us who haven't seen Glee, I don't. I, I, those of pe- those of the I listeners who haven't seen Glee, I actually don't remember. What New York Academy of the Dramatic Arts. Oh. <laughs> it's not real. I looked it up. <laughs> I didn't think it was. So I have the conversation with Dmag went well. Now we can wrap that up. But I have this kind of wild hair. Like I want to do stand up at an open mic because. Kyle and Dan told me that I'm really, really funny. And I feel like if I put something together, had enough liquid courage in me, I can go up and at least fake it because I've watched... I don't know if you'd need liquid courage. Not that much, anyway. Not that much. I don't want to be drunk, but I needed a little bit so that i just walk out onto the stage because I feel like I'd be like Coyote Ugly. (laughs) Take your pants off. I'm at the wrong club if that's what I get you, <laughs> if that's what the hecklers yell at me. No, I told you that's what they yell. I can't believe Coach McCaffrey let this happen. But that's what they would always yell. Uh, and by they I mean one of the offensive linemen. Whenever somebody was walking up there to like address the team. You'd be under his breath. But as soon as they walked by whatever row they're sitting in, take his pants off. Suck his Okay. And I can't believe Coach McCaffrey had to have heard it because he didn't say it very softly. Everybody else in the room laughed, and he just kept going. I feel, I feel like you underestimate what Eddie Mack has been exposed to in the locker rooms. No, I'm not saying that, but I figured he probably would have said, all right, who said that? <laughs> no, I don't think that he's the drill sergeant from uh, Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> who the fuck communist twinkle toes motherfucker said that? No, he's not that How guy. How tall are you? Five foot nine, sir. Oh, five, five foot, foot nine. nine. I, I didn't, didn't know they really stack shit that high. Where are you from, private? Texas, sir. Or, sir, Texas, sir. Texas? I only thought they had steers and queers in Texas. I don't, I don't see, see any, any horns on you. Uh, but I want to try that. I want to try stand-up in an open <sighs> mic. I kind of want to try community theater. Because I never did theater when I was in school, even though I, I really enjoyed it. Huh? I know. I want to be in a production. Like a community production. I want to be in Centennial Drama Club's version. America. America. I'm not going to be able to play Maria. That's not even Maria. That's like Maria's sister. West Side Story, by the way. West Side Story. Anything goes. I know West Side Story by the first three notes in the first song. I know. We've been over this. And I know, know Mamma Mia based off the first three notes in the first song, too. Mamma Mia is so much more of a popular musical I know, than but West Side Story. Here's the thing. So when I actually... I had never seen the movie before, but because of Fozzie, I knew every word to SOS. Yeah. And Dancing Queen. You and Dancing, Dancing Queen. Queen, yes. But the people who I was watching it with... They expected me to not, because, you know, I'm a big old football player, you know, I'm just a big dumb jock, whatever. You're a big old bitch. And when you need me, darling, get you here. Yeah, but you were singing it in the metal version when it was, uh, oh, who's the guy in the movie? I have played James Bond, too. I don't know. But they all looked at, they gave me that, like, wide eyed, mouth open. Oh my God. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Because I gotta look up who. Oh, Pierce Brosnan, that's who it is. You're singing Pierce Brosnan's version. Pierce Brosnan's my favorite of all the Bonds. In the... Okay, well now we're not best friends. What? No, it's from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. But... (laughs) 
you were singing Pierce Brosnan's part in that song, like a Fozzie song. Yeah, as Chris Jericho. Well, yes. when you need me, darling, can't you hear me? S.O.S. I love that version so much. I love both versions, but I love the, the Fozzie version so much better. I don't know if there's another Broadway song that you can make into a metal cover. You well, are other than, dancing queen. Well, but the, <laughs> excluding... Um, ABBA? No, excluding fucking, what is it? Rock of Ages. Because that was okay, metal that songs was taken to theater. Yeah, that was made for a reason. Hamilton is impressive because Hamilton is all rap. True. And it's also a civics lesson. It's a history lesson in government. Um, you'll be back. Soon you'll see. And that was funny because it's King George's breakup song to the U.S. before they start the Revolutionary War. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's the guy who wrote You're Welcome, and Hamilton. He has another musical called In the Heights that's also all rap. But other than Rock of Ages, there's not too many rock songs in in musicals. <clears throat> No, but I feel like that's just untapped. Probably. Well, not untapped because it's been made a little bit, but I feel like if it was a lot more mainstream or, you know, widely... They could probably make The Dirt into a pretty good musical. Tell you what, though. <laughs> this is a funny story that I'm, oh, I'm going to tell everybody. So when uh, you, you had watched The Dirt, and then you told Mom and Dad about it and said that it was pretty good and that we should watch it. Well, they called me and Ed up to watch Netflix... And for those of you who have seen the, the movie, you know that the very first scene is a party scene. I'm pretty sure the first word is the F word. And they go around showing everybody in the band. They, you know, they go uh, to Tommy Lee, who's talking to somebody and then begins... He has a girlfriend who has a very special party trait. Yes, and begins servicing her. I guess, for lack of a better term. And then it goes to uh, Nikki Six, who's on fire. Nikki Six was on fire, and then it goes. Mick Mars Mick is in Mars the laying in the bed. Are you are you part of the band? What band? I'm an alien. And then uh, it goes to Vince Neil in the bathroom with some other guy's girlfriend, and looking also at not a picture, his girlfriend, looking at a picture of himself while he's doing her. Yeah, mom and dad immediate. You remember when they showed us Hall Pass and they sent us to bed early? I watched all of Hall Pass. Oh, they might not have sent you to bed early. It's no, because me. Dad and I hyperventilated uh, in the scene when the girl is like, I don't feel so good, and then and schnitz, <laughs> schnitz all over the bathtub. I think I, think I feel a little bit better. But no, they, this time they didn't do that, but they looked at each other, they were like, oh, God. <laughs> we fucked up again. It was almost like when we took Ed to see American Reunion and the dick shot. Jim? I don't... Oh, that lit is see-through. Yeah, no. I was, every time you say that, I, I have to think about it for a minute before oh. it comes back. <laughs> this uh, one time at band camp? Uh, I'm glad Dad showed us that. Also, when Stifler has to search through the dog poop for the engagement ring in American Wedding, and the dog finally takes his shit and he's fucking right, doggy. Yes! Mm hmm. And, uh. Arr! <laughs> uh, did you get any of that? Uh, God. So mom and dad. Dad, they didn't like the dirt, huh? 
<laughs> no, no, they, it, it was a great movie, but they didn't expect it to start out like that. And then not only that, but after the beginning scene, it goes to Nikki Six cutting himself to frame his mom. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, but by the by, it's been out for a year, mm-hmm. something like that. So by now, you should have seen it. I've seen it four times. Or Tommy Lee punching that one girl that he was engaged to in the face for calling his mom the c-word. True. And stabbing him with a pen. Dan had to point that out to me. I forgot that she stabbed him with a pen before he punched her in the face. Violence begets violence. Rest that story, anything goes. So besides the dirt, what else do you think could be a pretty good musical or metal music? Probably Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Yes. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. You want me to write a play? Kind of. Well, you, I don't even think that you would have to write a play. I mean, it would be I would just... have to adapt the movie version to a play version. Yeah. There'd be, have to be like... You'd have to pick... So there'd probably be three intermissions, and you'd probably have to pick a certain period of time to write for the first act, the second act, and the third act. But it would be doable. You'd just have to adapt it a little bit. I mean, the dirt is adapted. Um, you know, most of those stories, like the more exagger- exaggerated stories that they showed in the dirt were the most true. No, I understand. Like Ozzy Osbourne. Kind of, yeah, licking his own piss. And, and licking Nikki Sixes and, and snorting a line of ants. Yeah. That, that was all well, true. That doesn't surprise me considering that he would eat a, or bite the head off of a live bat. Oh, you think that Motley Crue has some good hotel stories? Black Sabbath has the most nasty, like most like, sickening. Huh? Define good. The, like the most crazy. Oh. Yeah. Black no. Sabbath has some that, that are just not... Like I said, that doesn't surprise me. They're not funny. They're just, what the hell were these guys doing? Anyway. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Well... The, the, only, the only thing that comes to mind, is because I've got Disney Plus to work on the TV, and that, of course, I had to watch this, was Camp Rock. Excuse me. I don't know if Camp Rock could be a good, like... Play musical though. Yeah, maybe. Well, but like everybody who would go and see the play, they already know the story, so it'd be kind of just. But it would be different. Like maybe. people who saw the play Rock of Ages before the movie came out didn't like the movie. True. Because it's different. But it people who see the movie and then go see the play probably like both. Yeah. I haven't seen. Well, the play. it's a weird concept because if I we recently watched Rock of Ages, I told you Kyle and I recently watched it. And um, the whole events have to take place within like a week because the a- Ajax has the show and Stacy Jackson's last performance with them to his solo career. And then they had to pay their taxes on the bourbon room in like five days. Mm-hmm. And then they have the second show. So everything happened within five days. So as much as I love Diego Bonetta and Julianne Huff's relationship on screen there's no way it would happen in five days how do you know you love somebody that much in five days in five days oh okay five days yeah no totally <laughs> oh yeah no I've never done that before no never what I've never had a text relationship that made it to <laughs> engagement status what are you talking about neither of us have by the way no, but I've heard no. stories yeah I don't See how that 
I mean, obviously. But that's it makes the movie a lot different when you watch the play and then you realize that the timeline you really can't look into any movie because a lot of it Well it's it's there's a reason why you shouldn't look into a movie. Rocky the Rocky so Sylvester Stallone had to fire the fight choreographer in the first Rocky because he wanted to have a sequence where Apollo Creed hit Rocky with three three straight jabs in a row, with nothing else in between, just pop, pop, pop. And the fight choreographer that he had was a former professional boxer. He's like, nobody can get hit with this. If you see and get hit with two jabs in a row, you move your head and don't get hit with a third. And Sylvester Stallone's like, hey, you know, it's a bit, you know, that's what I feel. That's my story. <laughs> so I ended up getting into it. And yeah, Rocky, okay. So this is where a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think Rocky has, the second Rocky has the best fight scene with Apollo and Rocky in the rematch. And I think that was the best fight scene out of the first five. Rocky five is my personal favorite because I really like the mentor and the mentee relationship story. And I think it's told pretty well in that one. Also in Rocky five, Tommy was supposed to kill him. Before he had the montage and Mickey came back to him and said, I didn't hear no bell. That was Rocky's, supposed to be Rocky's last time on screen. But the studio was like, fuck no, you're not killing Rocky. Test audiences hate it. So then he had to come back and knock, knock Tommy out. I think Rocky Four is the most popular because it was released during the height of the Cold War. And it was American versus Russian. And that's my personal favorite. Also, you had Apollo Creed getting murdered. By the big Russian bad guy. So that's why I would tell you it's my favorite grudge match. Yeah, it's that's the good grudge. That's a good grudge match. Yes. Rocky three has the best story because it shows like in the second one. You know how in Rocky two he starts getting commercial deals and commercial offers, but he sucks at acting. And then in Rocky three he can do the American Express commercial without any second take or anything. So he's turned into what he always was not. And then right. he has to find himself again. That's the Eye of the Tiger. He had to find his Eye of the Tiger again. Rocky One, I think, is the best movie. Movie. Movie, movie. It's like a drama. It's not necessarily a sports movie. It's more of a love story with a sports background. Yeah. And then... Tell you what, though. And I don't want to cut you off. But if we're talking about like continuing into the Creed franchise... Creed 2 does a very, very good job of expanding off of Rocky 4. Now, obviously, that's what it's supposed to do, but I feel like it could have gone so much worse than it did. But everything, like, for me at least, I thought everything was done very well. I thought they can, obviously, they had to bring back a little bit of the what had happened, in case you hadn't seen it, for those, of, for those who were young. For the people who just saw Creed and then had to go to Creed 2. Right. But, so, I think that was probably one of my favorite continuances. I don't don't know if that's the right word, but... uh, It's not a sequel, but it was basically a sequel. Right. In the kind of expanded Rocky universe. I wouldn't say that it's... That's obviously not the same franchise, but the expanded universe. It is, yeah. It's more or less the same franchise, but still. Um, it's interesting. I mean... The Creed movies, I don't know. I'm, they're cool, and I think that they're good. My problem with the Creed movies is that it makes Apollo... So, Apollo and the Rocky movies 
at first he was the antagonist and nobody liked him, and then he was the champion who was dis- a character arc, by the way. Yeah, uh, he was the champion who was disgraced in the second one, and he has too much pride to let it go, even though he won the first fight. And then he becomes the best friend, and then he's the tragic death. But like, I feel like when you introduce the in- illegitimate child, and the fact that the wife raised him after Apollo yeah, died, yeah, kind of. Like it mushes the, the it's whole. it's why it's bad to watch ESPN thirty for thirties because like we watched the Junior Seau one and Junior Seau before he had the big CTE and everything was going on with him great guy happy he's got to be around he called everybody buddy and everybody was like he's the nicest guy in the world after that he turned into an alcoholic a gambling addict hit his kid all that kind of stuff so it's basically doing what a documentary would do to everybody but then in movie form. So I don't necessarily like those movies for that. No. I I think that Creed could have been just Creed's son. Yeah, 100%. But I don't like the illegitimate child. They try, I feel like they just tried to get fancy with it. And then they, well, and the guy, like Stallone signed off on everything that happened because the writer and director of Creed went to Stallone and was like, hey, I have this idea want you to give me your permission first because I don't want to expand on something that you don't want to expand on and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't think there's a better movie star slash director at creating a franchise. Than Stallone? Oh, no question. No, no question. question. No question. All I'm missing is Demolition Man 2. <laughs> Demolition Man 2. Demolition Man when he's the cop that's cryogenically yeah. frozen and he fights Wesley Snipes. That, I mean, it's a great movie. But I don't know if there's a sequel. No, I don't think there's a sequel to that. <laughs> but you have five Rockies. You have, what, six or seven Rambos? Six Rambos. Okay. You have... Three Expendables. Yeah, and Even I thought though, they were talking about a fourth. Well, maybe. But one and two were good. Three kind of sucked dicks because they tried to drop it down to PG-13. I still liked kind of... I still liked the battle sequences, though. I thought that It would have been so much good. better if, if it, it was, was R. R. Yeah, yeah, but... Because him and Mel Gibson... Two of the most violent men on camera. Well, yeah, ever. and I can't believe, especially with that storyline where he was a former brother, you you drop it down to PG thirteen. I feel like out of they all did, of them, I think they did that because Ronda Rousey was in it and Victor Ortiz. So they're two professional oh, fighters, and they may, might not have wanted them to be an R rated movie. True, but still, I feel like out of all of the ones that you that you've made and all the storylines, that one has to be R. That's a grudge match, one thousand like okay on a, on a whole other planet. Which Expendables is your favorite? I was going to say the same thing because you got Scott Adkins and Jean-Claude Van Damme as the bad guys. And those are two bad guys that can carry their own movies. I mean, they have. Yeah, they have. One is great because you got the... I mean, the the slimeball guy is normally a slimeball, so everybody knows that he's going to be the bad guy. And then you have Stone Cold Steve Austin as the heavy. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. (laughs) Where where is your team? Ask your hairdresser. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, but then three, you had Mel Gibson. You didn't really have a second bad guy. And then you had Victor Ortiz and Ronda Rousey on the same uh, in Which the movie. supposed to be heavy hitters. And well, they are. They but they're also were, professional but, fighters and yeah. they have their own endorsement deals. So maybe they didn't want to be in an R-rated movie. Right. Uh, Antonio Bender. Antonio Bender. Okay. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of technical difficulties because... I got fat fingers and I hit the. Uh, I hit a, I hit a random key. Yeah, I don't know. You got little dainty fingers. Shut up. 
You know how people say they have dancers' legs or whatever, you know, long legs? No, I have dancers' fingers. Yeah, you're the opposite of the Seinfeld. She had man hands. No, I, this... I still have man hands. They're just thin fingers. Are you a little, you know, a little ashamed of your... Like, everything below the fingers, the palm, I'm good. I don't want to be sexist, so I'm going to say that. This does not have... You have secretary fingers. No, I have four people on a hole, but I can talk. No, <laughs> you don't have acrylic nails. You have secretary fingers. So you're, uh, you're Grace in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't be throwing any Grace! <laughs> Grace! <laughs> just pulling pencils out of her hair. Just <laughs> everybody loves him, yet. Potheads, jocks, dweebs, dweebies, kids, scumbags. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> yeah, see, that's another reason why you don't look into movies too much because then there's the theory that Ferris Bueller is Cameron's angel of death. I'm not saying that you don't, but also it makes the movie completely different. Oh, one, yeah. Well, no, but I thought the theory was that Ferris was actually his friend, and then he ended up dying, which sent him into a depression, but then he comes back as his angel of... Maybe. I mean, but still, it means Cameron's dying, or dead. So he actually did die of the sickness that he had in the beginning of the movie. But then it also makes sense, because he's not necessarily sick, but he's depressed, so that's why he doesn't feel like getting out of bed. Cameron was in Egypt's land. Let my Cameron go. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same frequency, huh? Always. <laughs> oh, what's the other song? Twist as you no. Come on, come on. Do you have a kiss for daddy? So that's how they do it on their family. Ladies and gentlemen, you're such a wonderful crowd. This is twisting shit. It's one of my personal favorites. And I'd like to dedicate it to a young man who doesn't think he's seen anything good today. I thank you for being there. Don't No, but Matthew Broderick can sing. He's on Broadway. <laughs> he's he's in the producers with him and uh, Nathan Lane, who is the guy from the Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I pissed the toast. Yep, pissed the toast. So what? <laughs> Even though you're 22 and hung, I'll handle this. Yes, yes, you're the director. <laughs> he blew a bubble while I'm singing. He can't do that when I'm singing. Robin Williams, you do Fosty, 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 you do Marsha Grant, Marsha Grant. Everybody misses Robin Williams. That's why every that's why every now and then we get in a random YouTube kick. Dad goes down so many Dad's like a fifteen year old girl on YouTube with the amount of YouTube show holes he goes down. You better hope he turned the podcast off. He doesn't listen. No, I'm saying before that. If he ended up listening to this, you better hope that he turns it off before whatever minute we're on. <laughs> 
But it's funny because the first time that I noticed that he was like 10 years behind us on YouTube... Was when we were sitting there watching Watch Mojo, right? No. Oh. <laughs> no, like three years ago, he texted me and said, Hey, have you heard this Jizz in My Pants song by, Lo- by the Lonely Island? It's oh actually really God. funny. But it was like four years ago when Jizz in My Pants had been out for... That, no. It? Oh, oh, That's when he texted oh, oh, me that oh. he found it. I thought you were talking about when it came out. I was like, no, it had to be long No, that's that. when he texted me when he found it. And I was like, yeah, I've heard it before. Also, Dick in a Box, Mother Lover, Golden Rule, Three Way. I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. I watched I'm, a, I watched I'm on a Boat on <laughs> when it originally aired at Grandma's house. Yeah. No, you know I'm what? on a boat, bitch. Drinking Santana shit because it's so crisp. No, it was... Sorry, I thought it, I thought it was going up. Um... So, Grandma still has On Demand, or, or no, she used to have On Demand, whatever. She still does. Okay. Well, so, when I, when I first uh, was really, like, figuring out how to use it, was when Bottoms Up came out, and Grandma <laughs> sat there with me, watched it once, and then, like, we came back from dinner, and I wanted to watch it again, or whatever, and she sat there with me again, and she goes, wow, this song is really dirty. And she proceeds to explain to me why it's so dirty. And you I was like, no. Well, no, I was like eight. I was like, oh, God, Grandma, why? What song was it? Bottoms Up. Well, yeah. I was eight. I was just, yeah. <laughs> That's like when... Uh... I that's asked just, her. That's the reason why I wanted to watch or listen to it all the time. It's Mrs. Studio Girl. Remember when we used to listen to J- Jason Derulo songs when we thought Beluga Heights, which is like his producer's tag, was Pocahontas? No. What? Hold on. Back to Teddy's Club, bottoms up, bottoms up, pocket full of green. Girl, you know I let her win, shake it in them jeans. I know every word of the Nicki Minaj verse. Me too. You know what it is. Hold on. Okay, but when we first started listening to this song, it's when you had your bandage on your head and we called you Pocahontas. And then one of us heard it as Pocahontas, so then we started saying Pocahontas before every one of his songs because it was always the same producer. Yeah, I remember that now. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm not crazy. I don't listen to lyrics very well, but I'm not crazy. Early bird. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jimmy used to listen to uh, Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. And you know how it says, all aboard, before the kick drum and all that different stuff come in. He used to think it was early bird. Gary, on the kick drum. Come, come. I showed that to mom. She died laughing. (laughs) I'm not coming in on the kick drum. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't want. No, it's, uh, Gary on, on the, the kick, kick drum. drum. Come, come, come on the kick drum. It's Gary on the kick that drum. That guy. He's so funny. Come, come on the kick drum, Gary. <laughs> He's so. Get in your positions. That's the air conditioning, by the way. Your sp- your timing is off. Your spacing is insane, and your moves are sloppier than a kiss from a midshipman. Get in your positions. Parallel, Parallel positions. positions. A five, six, seven, eight. I said a tiger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what okay. do we like to eat? Panther meat. <laughs> that and stick it are probably my two favorite 
early sports movies. Those are your two guilty pleasures, my friend? Yes. Well, Fire It Up, I don't consider a guilty pleasure. And Bring It On. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a good. Thing. How about the Jesse Bradford boy? I no, love him. No, seriously, seriously, I love him. Have <laughs> you never been to a cheerleading competition before? What you mean, like a football game? No, not a game. Those are like practices for us. ESPN cameras all around. Hundreds of people in the crowd cheering. Wait, cheering, cheering, cheerleaders. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. What's next? <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty random and eclectic you want to introduce what the song is going to be for today since <clears throat> yes I will but before I do I don't think that they listen but uh, earlier this week on Tuesday I believe um, I ended up getting a text message from one of my best friends from high school um, telling me that another one of my best friends actually ended up uh, passing away uh, the circumstances, I I haven't gotten all the details yet, um, but I just wanted to say while I'm on here, uh, my thoughts and prayers are with his family. Um, I'm very sad, to, obviously, to have learned that um, he's no longer with us, um, but I know for a fact that Era um, was a great guy. Uh, he helped me through quite a bit of stuff in high school. I helped him through quite a bit of stuff in high school. And no matter what really happened, we we were always there, um, hanging out with each other. Uh, sucks to hear that somebody that young died, but I guess... The, it's different the, to hear somebody that your own age died too, right? Right, and I, I mean, somebody that's my age, somebody that I was so close to. I'm just saying, know, I, why, why I kept giving, reaching out to you and making sure that you knew you had somebody to talk to. Obviously, I know Era because I coached when I was helping you in wrestling in middle school. I coached him too mm-hmm. because you guys were similar sizes. Oh. Um, and then, I mean, I reached out to you and let you know that you could talk to me because JC, you played with JC when you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. He's my age. Ended up dying in a random snowmobiling accident. It's it's harrowing. It's I don't know. A lot of people say that when they get their first gray hair, they start to lose it see that they're losing their hair, it's their first glimpse of mortality. Having a friend that's your age dying suddenly, it's a gut check. It's a, you, it makes you respect all the different times you were close to prob- probably dying or all the other times that you took for granted somebody else in your life and not reaching out to them. Because, I mean, I have a, div- I have a unique perspective on it because of, that was me. I was almost that situation. Right. Uh, but I feel like it's it's different for everybody. Well, and every time when Gabe texted me, the first thing that popped into my head was release the beast tournaments because we would always play against him, and he ended up being the nose guard. Every every time we would get done with the game and we had a little bit of downtime, I would always give him crap for because uh, they ran that. Everybody had a wristband uh, system, so. By the time he finally got down into his stance, we were already snapping the ball and on our way. So they never really had a chance. But let me tell you what, that kid had some fight in him. And, uh, I mean, you know, I cycled through all the different memories that I had of him from little league football to um, middle school wrestling to high school wrestling um, for the year that both of us did it uh, to 
you know, high school football, um, all the all the random times before practice, before we'd have to get into our lines that we were just joking around. Um, and every time that he came over for one of the, the lineman dinners. I know everybody says something like this, but obviously, I mean, never expected it. Um, not that anybody would or anybody should. Um, and yeah, I just, I kind of feel like I should say something about it and, uh, kind of put it out there. But like I said, my thoughts and prayers are with his family. Um, if they do listen or if anybody knows them, uh, please reach out and, uh, let me know, uh, what they say or let them know that you're willing to help in any way. I know that they'd really appreciate it, even though I know they're also not looking for any uh, handouts or anything like that. Just a positive thought would go a long way at this point. Absolutely. A lot of people have just been posting. Because if some of the circumstances that I've been hearing are true, it's very, very rough. It's rough on the family, going to be rough on the family anyways. But if the circumstances surrounding it are true, it's going to be even tougher for them to come to grips with it. So just... Quickly, if you have a spare moment and if you've had somebody die suddenly in your family or if you've known somebody who is no longer with you and you expected them to be there for a long time, just give them a quick thought as well when you're thinking about that person that you lost because it's going to... I feel like there is a sort of cosmic energy in the universe. I feel like good karma does come back around to you and not that you want it to come back around for you, but... If you put some, if you put positivity out in the world, you're bound to get positivity back. That's something that I've started to believe in pretty strongly, and I feel if everybody was a little bit more like that, maybe we wouldn't have some so much divisiveness in the world, and maybe we'd be a little bit happier every day and not have to think about this is the worst time in human history because it doesn't have to be. It's all based on your own perspective and based on what you want to put back out there in the world. So I agree with you. I mean. I wasn't going to bring it up because I know he's one of your buddies, but Era and his family, um, they definitely need everybody who can spare it, spare some. Give them, give them your support as they try and figure out what they're going to do in this time. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, uh, the song, the outro song, I believe, is Runaway, our cover from last week uh, by Love and Theft. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Be sure, like I said at the beginning, follow the social medias on Twitter at COAPod73, at Jimmy Pilato. Uh, at Don Pilato 63 Instagram, at Don Pilato Twitter, at Don Pilato 63 TikTok. And at, on Instagram for me, at Proud underscore WAP. Um, and then if you listen on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen, like, subscribe, follow, rate, review the show. I'll start reading those if you want or if you guys start giving them. Um, on the podcast and give you guys a shout out as well but like Dom said this is going to be our cover of one, Runaway and we'll see you guys next Thursday because we're back down to one podcast a week thanks for listening It's been a long week Got a slow week In my left front time Sick of where I work, my boss is such a jerk, don't care if I get fired. My back's about to break, no money in the bank, and she don't call me anymore. I'm down to my last week. it's time to sell my things. And 
Yeah. 